0: Hi, my name is Dominic, I'm in senior high, and tonight I'll be reading the Bible. Um, The passage is John chapter 1, verse 35 to 51. The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, Look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, What do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying, and they spent the day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, We have found the Messiah, that is, the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which which, when translated is Peter. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee, "'Finding Philip, he said to him, "'Follow me.' "'Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. "'Philip found Nathanael and told him, "'We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law, "'and about about whom the prophets also wrote, "'Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. "'Nazareth, can anything good come from there?' Nathanael asked. "'Come and see,' said Philip. "'When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said to him, "'Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. "'How do you know me?' Nathanael asked. "'Jesus answered,' I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Then Jesus said, You believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than that. Then He, he then added, Very truly I tell you, you will see heaven open up and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man.
1: Thanks, Tom. Well, good evening, friends. Uh, This is a tweet that I saw this week, Uh, 239 cases today and not near the peak, it's enough to make me feel meh about everything. Uh, These are the words of this simple tweet that confirmed a sneaking suspicion that I had had all week. In my online conversations and interactions, I'd just begun to feel that a sense of hopelessness was invading our corporate psyche. The turbulent panacea of the Olympics is not helping, and neither is another four weeks of lockdown. But the issue is bigger than all of that. Now, my feeling is that everything about this moment here in Sydney is impacting us more deeply because it's unveiling an uncomfortable truth. And here it is. It's that the confidence we have in ourselves and our leaders, and the confidence we have in scientific wisdom and human power to easily triumph over any and every disaster, it is that this confidence is little more than a mirage. The things we normally hope in and trust in have failed us and we've found ourselves in a truly hopeless situation. Uh, one of my atheist antagonists, uh, he and I were emailing each other throughout this week with similar sentiments and he finished one of his emails by saying to me, by the way, I don't see God doing anything to help us Is he in lockdown too? And it's a good question, right? In the midst of a pandemic, can we go to God for help? Can we go to God for compassion? Can we contact God? Can we find God? Is he making contact with us? Has he really got any interest in the chaos? Or is he in lockdown as well? Is faith really hopeless too? Now uh, this question is not academic, it's real and it involves real people. Like the friend of one of our church members uh, who shared this message from a friend. Her friend wrote to her saying, I'm having a hard time at the moment and feel very lost. Your strong faith has served you well. I hoped you could point me in the right direction of something that could help. Uh, A Bible verse, a prayer, uh, a sermon, a recorded church service. So many people are hurting and lost, lonely, uncertain and struggling right now. So the question is, is God in lockdown? And if not, where do I go to find him? Well, I want to start uh, this evening with a story about a time when God did reach into the chaos Uh, specifically into the chaotic life of a man named Jacob Uh, his life is detailed in the book of Genesis but I want us to just focus in tonight on one specific chapter uh, Genesis chapter 28 Uh, and when we meet Jacob his life is going completely in the wrong direction he's dishonored his father He's participated in his mother's sin. He has twice swindled his brother. And now we're told he's been sent away from his family and away from his home to hopefully find a wife and hopefully find something better for life because there wasn't much left for him where he was. Now we're not told in Genesis 28 what the emotional process is going on inside his mind. But if he's not in turmoil, well, no one is. And so here's Jacob, alone in the world, on an uncertain journey toward an uncertain future. And we're told in Genesis chapter 28 verse 11 that he stops for the night, that he finds just a stone to lay down on top of. He lays down his head and he's immediately asleep. Now that's the sort of relatively sort of boring introduction to the story but it's once he's asleep that the action actually begins because he has a dream given to him by God uh, to help him understand what's going on Uh, And Genesis chapter 28 and verse 12 and 13 say this he had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth with its top reaching to heaven And the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And there above it stood the Lord. And he said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac. Now, I don't know about you, but I really remember my dreams. And when I remember them, I can never work out what they mean. But in the case of Jacob, well, the meaning of his dream is clear because God tells him. And so in Genesis 28 verse 15, God says, here's what it's about. I am with you and I will watch over you wherever you go and I'll bring you back to the land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised to do. So here's the thing with Jacob. Even though his life was out of control, even though his future was uncertain, he received direct contact from God. And God made it clear that he is not so far away that he does not know. And he is not so absent that he cannot hear. Rather, in the midst of uncertainty, Jacob sees that God will be with him, and that God is aware of his situation. Indeed, that God will rescue him, that God will never depart from him, and that God will fulfill all his promises to him and to his people. And to Jacob, God is as close as the person is upstairs. Uh, and and that sort of closeness is a closeness that we understand right now, isn't it? I've discovered how much noise actually transfers between upstairs and downstairs in our house. When people are walking around and jumping and sort of pulling weights and other things upstairs. You hear everything in our house. We have people on Zoom downstairs, upstairs, inside, outside, Google Meet, FaceTime. No one is ever too far away. And God says to Jacob, same here. I am not too far away. God is closer than Jacob ever thought before. And he's assured that he has real access and interaction With God and between heaven and earth. God reached out to him in the mess. Now, at this point, you'd be right to be asking what is the point of this story? (laughs) Because. I have not had the dream. I haven't had this dream. I suspect you haven't had this dream. That's a great little story about Jacob, but I'm not Jacob and God still feels far away. I'm thankful that Jacob had that dream. What about me? Well, here's the point. Come with me now to John chapter 1. Towards the end of the reading that Dom did for us before, we meet Jesus who's gathering with his 12 disciples and he has this incredible conversation with Nathanael. I'm going to read it again from verse 43 and this is what happens. The next day Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. And Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth, can anything good come from there? And I've been to Nazareth and that is a really good question, but let's keep reading. Uh, Come and see, said Philip. Uh, When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. And Jesus said, you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than this. Now can you see just in those verses the incredible depth of knowledge of each other that Jesus and Nathanael grasp hold of here. Uh, Jesus simply saw Nathaniel but suddenly knows him so deeply that Nathanael is shocked that anyone could know him so well. Nathanael, he, he doubted anything good could come from Nazareth, but found Jesus to be the Son of God and the King of Israel, the one promised by the whole Old Testament who would come and rescue his people. Now there's so much to mine there, but it's Jesus' last words that I want to have arrest us. In verse 50, Jesus says, you will see greater things than this. What is Jesus talking about? What could be greater than seeing Jesus in the flesh? Wouldn't it be glorious if Jesus knocked on your door right now rather than the pizza delivery guy? Uh, Wouldn't it be glorious that Jesus could look into your heart and soul and say something about you? And so what's he talking about here? Well, we're not left hanging, for Jesus explains the greater things in verse 51. And look what he he says. Very truly I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Now, that sounds confusing, but let me just summarise this clearly for you. What Jacob saw, Jesus is. What Jacob saw in that connection between heaven and earth, Jesus is that connection between heaven and earth. If what Jacob saw was God come close, that there is real access to God and interaction between God and those of us on earth, then what Jesus says here is, I am that access. I am God come near. You see, Jesus is here applying the previous story of Jacob to himself. And so revealing about himself something crucially important. He says, I am this son of man on whom the angels ascend and descend. He says, I am the gate. I am the staircase. I am the revelation of God on earth. And if you want to get to know God, Jesus says, come, get to know me. And yet there's more. For if, Jesus, if God promised to be with Jacob, if God promised that he knew Jacob, if God promised that he would rescue Jacob, if God promised he would never depart from Jacob, then Jesus claims to be the fulfillment of all those promises now. But again, you'd be right to ask, who are these promises to? Who is Jesus speaking to? two and is this promise of jesus for you and for me well i looked at my bible again at verse 51 and this is what i saw uh, i saw uh, there at the start of the verse the word you twice you can see it very truly i tell you you will see uh, he appears to be speaking to nathaniel uh, but there was this little e just next to the word you. It might be the same in your Bible, perhaps a, a different letter. And when I followed that little E to the footnotes, this is what I learned. It's that Jesus is not just speaking to Nathaniel, but the you here is the plural. And, and this is where one of Australia's most famous and successful boxers, Jeff Fennick, would translate verse 51 as, Very truly I tell you's, you's will see and then on he'd go you see it's clear here that Jesus' words are at least for Nathaniel and for the surrounding disciples, but what we see is that Jesus has in mind anyone, everyone who will hear these words including you. So Jesus is the link between heaven and earth for you. He came from God. As God, to make God known. To be God with you. To know you and to love you. And to walk alongside you in every moment of chaos and suffering. Struggle and anxiety. Not just the one that you run to when the world fails, but the one you stand firm on. So when the world wobbles, you don't wobble because you've got Jesus. For the whole power and love and presence of God can be known to you in and through the Lord Jesus Christ. And I say can be, so how do you get that? How can you be assured of that? How can you be assured of that solid stability that is Christ? Well, the yous here point to a bigger invitation that Jesus makes consistently throughout the gospel. In John chapter 10, from verse 9, Jesus says, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, I lay down my life for the sheep. And then again in John chapter 14 from verse 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. So from now on, you do know him and have seen him. You see, the invitation is there not just for Nathaniel, not just for the disciples, but for all who will hear these words of Jesus, including you. Come to Jesus and put your trust in him. Through his death, you find life as your sins are forgiven. Through his isolation at the cross, you find community in God's people. And through his suffering, you find hope. In John chapter 17, he says from verse 25, A righteous father, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. Even to this very day, Jesus is fulfilling that promise that through him you may know God, that he will be with you and in us in the spirit. For when you trust in Jesus, he remains with you by his spirit and continues to make the love of God known to you Every day. So, can you see, therefore, the incredibly robust platform for life in the midst of lockdown that is laid down by the Lord Jesus Christ for you? In the midst of a pandemic, can we go to God for help? Yes, indeed, you can. But the good news is that God has already come toward you in the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, can we go to God for compassion? Yes. Uh, but the good news is that Jesus is the good shepherd who already cares for you and loves all who believe. Uh, can we contact him? Yes, you can pray and he's speaking to you each day through his word. H- has he really got any interest in the chaos or is he in lockdown too? Absolutely not. No, God has promised to be with you. To the very end of the age. So please let me assure you. None of this is sort of nice religious platitudes. None of this is just nice religious theory. This is a not a nice piece of religious philosophy. This is not just nice religious musings for a Sunday night. The Lord Jesus Christ... And his promises are as real as the nose on your face. He's not locked down, but he has come down. Jesus Christ, born of Mary, son of God, lived in the mess of the world, died at the hands of the world. But rose to announce his triumph over the world and for the world. He came to connect with you. And so one of the great preacher, theologians summarizes all this, Charles Spurgeon, saying, The God of the universe is a God who does, not, who, who does concern himself with the things of earth. Not a God who shuts himself up in heaven. So here's the thing. God is not locked down. God has come down. And even now in the face of an increasingly hopeless world, you can come to him mask-free and fear-free and find hope-filled eternity. Brothers and sisters, in times of difficulty and darkness, drawing close to Jesus is what we need to do. Alongside Jesus is where we need to be. And so come to him, hear his word, And be reminded of his promises. As Psalm 23 puts it, even in the deepest valleys of suffering, God is there. Our Father, our true friend. He does not disappear when we suffer, but draws near and cares and comforts day by day and moment by moment. So friends, the call of Jesus upon your life this very night is this find hope and stability in him. For that hope does not put us to shame. It's not a crazy, ridiculous, utterly mad, useless hope. It's hope in Christ. And God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, Paul says, who's been given to us. Now let me assure you, none of this means that life is going to be easy. None of this means that you won't get COVID or or you don't need a vaccine. And let me say, go out and get vaccinated. But in the midst of a world characterised by hopelessness, Jesus is closer than a friend, more certain than an 11am press conference. And he will never leave you and never forsake you in the darkest of times. Indeed, it is in those moments when we see most clearly that the world is not all there is. There is another home that he's promised to take us to, a true and living hope. And for those who trust in Jesus, this is something more glorious than Sydney Harbour on a COVID-free summer's day. We can only dream of that now, but of this you do not need to dream, that Jesus is the light That shines in the darkness. And the darkness has not, and will not, and cannot overcome him. Well, as we finish, let us consider what it is to draw near to Jesus just briefly. Uh, For drawing near is not a physical act, it's not about building a tower up to God by your religious achievements. It's not necessarily going to a church building or performing a religious act. It's an invisible act of the heart, drawing near to Jesus. You can do it while standing absolutely still or while exercising with a friend within a 10-kilometer radius. Drawing near is not about moving from one place to another. It's about moving your heart and your mind toward another. And that is the Lord Jesus Christ. And so Paul says in Philippians chapter 4 from verse 6, he says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving present your requests to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So if you're listening today and you've never drawn near to God, you've never prayed Start now. Draw near to God. Listen to his voice in the Bible and ask him for comfort and hope. If you're with us today and you are one who knows the power of prayer but rarely uses it, don't be held back by guilt. Walk forward in faith and start to pray again. Ask God to, to come and draw near to comfort and to be with you. And if you're here today and you are a prayer, keep going and encourage the rest of us that we too might draw near to Jesus. And when the world breathes hopelessness, remember Jesus is your hope, He's your joy, He is your freedom. He is your love and he is your peace as we are about to sing. He is the saviour who will stay with you. He will stay today. He'll stay tomorrow. He'll stay every day beyond lockdown, both now
2: and forevermore. Amen. Welcome back. We're going to have a bit of a time to discuss what we've heard tonight and bring up our questions. So, on Slido, we've got a lot of questions come in and some comments along the way. And the first and most popular one we're going to start with, because everyone's thinking it, everyone's asking it, everyone's debating it and discussing it. Yeah. Given the extremely low infection and death rate of COVID, as well as the fact that we don't know the long-term effects... Should slash can Christians refuse the vaccine? Yeah, excellent
1: question. Um, I, I want to just, uh, first of all, gently just challenge the premise of the first part of the question. Is In Australia, there has been uh, low infection and death rates uh, because uh, our governments have handled the pandemic with quite stringent, tight action and with a population that's quite, you know, overall glad Glad to obey, glad for some downtime for a few weeks, at least anyway. Uh, But in other countries, that's not been the case. And uh, I know that in uh, places like India, uh, this um, Delta strain specifically has been absolutely diabolical. So I I think we need to keep that in mind. But that's not to say that you don't have uh, freedom of choice. Uh, You can choose uh, to do whatever you want to do, but you need to make sure that you have all the bits of information in hand to make a good decision. Uh, Yes, the vaccine's been put together relatively quickly. We don't know what long-term effects there may be related to it. Uh, But I think that you need to weigh up a few things, not just sort of your own individual health concerns, but actually uh, consider what some of the greater goods are. Uh, For me, I have been vaccinated. I've had both my Pfizer vaccines uh, and uh, I chose to do it for a whole combination of reasons, but two that are relevant, perhaps, uh, to this question. One is uh, out of love for neighbour. I have a mum who is almost 80 years old. She is sprightly and runs around the park with a dog, uh, and I interact with a whole lot of other people in our community who are also older and far more vulnerable uh, than my mum. And the last thing I want to do is actually pass on a virus, knowingly or unknowingly, to other people. And if I can do something to protect others, uh, and yet still have relationship with others, then that's a choice that I would make. And then secondly, I think there is a, a greater communal good here. There's the good for our whole community uh, and there is an opportunity for us to serve one another in that having the vaccine, uh, which has even lower side effects, much, much, much lower side effects uh, and, uh, and death rates than um, COVID itself, sort of infinitesimally small by comparison, Uh, we're actually able to together get out of these lockdowns and restrictions that are impacting relationships, economics, society, uh, individuals, etc, etc. So for me, a whole lot of factors uh, went into it, but I think that uh, it is recognising what is good and pursuing what is good under God graciously and uh, and thankfully. But I want to say that I know that there are differences of opinion in our church And uh, and we're not going to be asking for vaccination certificates before you come back to church. So uh, you can be
2: certain of that. Uh, And, yeah, that's important for people to hear. It is a tender subject. It's a hard one to discuss helpfully and freely, knowing, obviously, that as Christians, we're united in Christ. Hmm. At the same time, there's a few fields of things coming into this, and we're asking questions And we've got our experiences and our education and we're bringing it all to play. Hmm. Uh, May the Lord give us grace and let us be people of love.
1: Yeah, I think that's right. On that too, I think uh, there are a whole lot of other complicated issues around the origin of vaccines. I was really helped by an article by uh, Dr. Megan Best. So if you Google Dr. Megan Best and vaccine, uh, you'll get a great little article off the Gospel Coalition website that will answer perhaps some other questions for you as well.
2: We could talk about this for a long time. Let me go to a different tag. If I'm feeling far from God, is this passage saying that knowing Jesus will bring me closer? Mm. And a follow-up second part. What's what's the difference between knowing and knowing about? Yeah, uh, absolutely. This passage is saying uh,
1: that knowing Jesus is going to bring you closer to God. Indeed, this passage and the John 14 passage underline the fact that No one gets close to God but through the Lord Jesus Christ. So there is no other way to be in deep communion with God, in deep relationship with God, to have the know and experience the loving comfort of God uh, but through the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, there is, however, a difference between knowing and knowing about. Uh, What that difference is, is like you can know about who Rowan Browning, he's in the, he's on all the socials at the moment, isn't he? Uh, the great uh, wonder boy from Trinity, uh, we love uh, Rowan Browning. Uh, but, um, but we all know about him, we all know that he's 23 years old, he went to Trinity, he's a sprinter, he's got a mullet, all sorts of things that we know about uh, Rowan Browning. But only a few people, perhaps no one watching tonight, only a few people sort of close to him, actually know him. They understand him, uh, that he will come alongside and he will love and comfort them and they will love and comfort him in darkest moments. Uh, and, and I think that that is the same with the Lord Jesus Christ. Is you can know a lot about Jesus technically, but, but actually you need to come to know Jesus. And you do that as you listen to him, uh, as you speak with him, as you walk with him day by day, as you yeah, continue on.
2: A lot of people here at Night Church seem to know a lot about Taylor Swift. Maybe a lot of information, <laughs> but to know the person is very different, isn't it? Yeah, it is very different, yeah. absolutely. So uh, knowing Jesus, this is something that can feel for some people um, great in their minds. Mm. But that personal touch of interaction, that that sense of God's presence. We've got a question here. Uh, how do you not let the gospel message go st- in your life yeah. Particularly in lockdown Where everything seems mundane
1: Yeah how do you Not let the gospel message go stale It's an excellent question uh, I, I think for me It's about actually variety As much as uh, we know That uh, having some routines During lockdowns Are really important for your mental health Set your alarm Get out of bed in the morning Get out in the sun Eat healthily You know, all those sort of routine things are really important for keeping us going. I think sometimes actually varying the way that you engage with God. Uh, As you hear his Word, spend some time reading it. Uh, Spend some time listening to it. Spend some time praying. Why don't you grab a different part of the Bible and dig into that? Uh, As you pray, uh, spend some time uh, praying in a systematic way. Praying as you walk. uh, um, Crying out to God with things that you are struggling with or that you are really uh, yeah, worried about at this point in time. Listen to music. Uh, listen to the scriptures set to music. There's so much good music out there uh, that you can listen to. A- and uh, I think uh, one of the most important things that is really helpful in not letting the, the gospel message go stale, keep saying to other people, how can I pray for you? A- and I think that's beautiful because as you pray for other people, you'll see God at work in their lives See God answering prayers and your confidence in God's goodness will just continue to grow. Uh, So many stories we could tell from our staff meeting this week of prayers that were said and answered. It was a glorious time that we had together thinking about uh, share life together. But uh, I'd encourage you to, as much as we need routine to survive lockdown for our mental health, mix things up and, and try a different part of the Bible. Try some music. Walk. But... Ask others how you can pray for them and see God uh, incredibly at work in the lives of friends and family.
2: Thanks, Nigel. And I wish I asked you this last one, but I'm going to leave it to you for Sermon Extra during the week. Yeah. Uh, For those watching, we have a Christchurch Members Facebook group where we do Sermon Extra. And you'll work uh, towards answering questions on there this week. And the one that I think we'll put down as a teaser... I feel like I've failed God too many times for him to draw close to me again. How can I be made right with him again when I doubt that he'll redeem me? We'll put pause on that mm. one and we'll come back to it with Sermon Yeah, extra. Great Thanks, question. Marty. I'll definitely
1: have a go at that on Tuesday. Great. Thank you. Thanks.